It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's To the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone. It's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Qinator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And everybody seems to think that the Jets won the Jamal Adams trade, at least on paper. They got two ones and a three from Seattle. They also flipped a fourth back in order to get Bradley McDougal, the safety who will take Jamal Adams' spot on the 2020 roster. I say everybody, but not quite everybody. There are some people that don't really love the deal. One of those people is our old friend who is, as I like to say, the godfather of online draft content. He's got great (laughs) year-round football content, whether we're talking about gambling, pro football, college football, and, of course, fantasy football. He, of course, is Walter Cherapinski of WalterFootball.com. Walter, welcome back to the show, my friend. Well, thanks for having me on again. And um, I have to say I'm surprised that you say that everyone loves the trade. I I guess I haven't really... um like listen to everyone's opinion on this uh, cuz I was on vacation but um yeah I I did not like it at all. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Not everybody, but most people seem to really like it. If you survey a lot of the experts talking about the blue check mark people, I know Daniel Jeremiah was really high on it. Diana Rossini from ESPN said that she spoke with a bunch of general managers and the consensus seemed to be that the Jets quote unquote fleeced the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think they got great value for Jamal Adams. Tell me why you didn't like the deal. Well, there are a lot of reasons why I hated the seal for the Jets. Uh, I gave it a D on my website. And at the time when I graded it, I'm like, I'm, I think I'm being a little optimistic here. I thought it, maybe it should have been an F. Um, so to begin, I, I think the Jets need to win now based on Sam Darnold's contract. Uh, you look at all the, um, all the most of the recent uh, Super Bowl winners, uh, many of them had uh, quarterbacks in the rookie deals. And like, you, for example, you had, well, excluding the Tom Brady's, you had, you had Carson Wentz, uh, like on an early rookie deal. Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl on a rookie deal. Patrick Mahomes, a uh, rookie deal. Russell Wilson, 2013. I, I can go uh, on and on about it. And um, it's just such a big advantage for a team uh, with having a quarterback on a rookie deal uh, because they're not paying that quarterback very much. So they can, they can have superstar players um and they can they can win instantly like like in the quarterback second or third year and I, I thought that set up very well for the Jets uh last year and then Sam Darnold got mono and and yet they still went seven and nine despite him missing four games I thought that could carry over into this year as well uh with Darnold being in his third year uh the Jets getting CJ Mosley back uh from injury and then they have some other good players like granted they have some holes a corner and edge rush but uh overall I, I like their roster 
Um, but yet they, they trade Jamal Adams, who is one of the best safeties in the NFL. Uh, I know, you know, he, he might cause some, some locker room problems, but he, there, there's no replacing his talent. Like the Jets are not going to get anyone nearly as good as Adams in all likelihood with their two picks. Uh, so they're, they're trading away uh, a, an all pro talent. And, you know, by the time uh, the, the rookies they, they get from these draft picks develop, Darnold's not going to be on his rookie deal anymore. Uh, so I, I think that's problematic. And I, I think the Jets, instead of trading Adams, uh, I thought they should have traded for uh, like a pro bowler. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. What do you think about the fact that this roster has a lot of holes at very important positions? I know that they went out and they got Makai Becton in the draft, and so hopefully he's the answer long-term at left tackle, but the rest of that line, at least for the long-term, has a lot of question marks. Maybe not Connor McGovern, but every other spot on that line is iffy past 2020. They don't have any edge rushers. They don't have any real long-term solutions at cornerback. At wide receiver, they don't have any proven players that they can look at as a potential number one receiver for Darnold to grow with. So this is an opportunity for Joe Douglas now to take assets and really use them to build those important areas. And with Jamal Adams, as good as he is, still a safety. And yes, he is more than a safety in the sense that he can do a lot of different things on the field. But as Mike Lombardi said on his podcast, usually you pay top dollar and you give up a king's ransom type of draft pick deal 
for a guy that can either take away an opposing team's number one wide receiver or somebody who can consistently sack the quarterback. Jamal Adams can't do that. He seems like a bit of a luxury on a team like the Jets, whereas if you have those picks, it gives you that flexibility now where you can move up and down the draft board, you can add players at those positions that you really need, gives him a fighting chance that he might not have had If Jamal Adams was here and he didn't get those assets back because then you're committing all of that money to Jamal Adams. Of course, there's also the part of this that we can delve into about him not really wanting to be here. So that's another issue altogether. Do you want to pay a guy that kind of money when he doesn't even really want to be here? And let's be real. He's been here three years. The Jets have been 16 and 32 in that time. How much better does he really make them? Couldn't there be an argument in favor of making this deal because it at least gives Joe Douglas a chance to make this team a long-term success rather than holding on to this guy who's a great player but isn't necessarily going to be a huge impact for them over the next couple of years. I, I can understand that thinking, but then again, that goes into what I was saying with, with Darnold not being on in his rookie deal anymore. Like They're going to have to pay Darnold a lot of money uh, to be around after his initial contract. So uh, the Jets are going to have uh, – they're, they're going to have to clear that hurdle as well. And like you, we've seen so much history of like non elite quarterbacks getting these big deals. And then these teams just can't really compete like they have anymore. Um, even the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, I, I think Russell Wilson's the top three quarterback in the NFL right now, uh, but they haven't been as good uh, ever since he signed his big contract because it's tough to keep uh, elite talent around. Um, and so it's going to be very difficult with Darnold, who's obviously not nearly as good as Russell Wilson right now, or may never be. Uh, so I, I think that's a problem uh, with what you were saying about Michael Lombardi's point. I, I think for the most part, he's right. Like it's so important to have a great quarterback uh, to be able to protect that great quarterback and to get after the other quarterback. I am, I'm, I'm definitely all for that, but I don't think it applies to all pro talents like Jamal Adams. I mean, he's just such a difference maker um, at safety. Like, I, I can't I can't imagine the Ravens, for example, in 2012 winning without Ed Reed like he, he's that type of a player and to get rid of him for, uh, you know, two first round picks, which sounds great on paper. It's like, hey, we got two two extra first round picks. But first of all, Seattle's probably gonna be drafting in the 25 to 32 range like they're always in the playoffs. Russell Wilson usually wins one playoff game. And now that he has Jamal Adams on the other side of the ball, uh, I think there's a better chance they get to the NFC championship this year, maybe even win it all um i i think they're may, they might be in position to do that so suddenly your your first round pick might be 25 to 32 um and generally in that range um like the odds of a, of a player panning out there is, is pretty close to 50 50 so it's it kind of reminds me i don't know if, if you've seen uh, family guy where peter griffin is uh he's awarded a boat and or or a box and he's uh, he says uh, anything could be in the box, even a boat. And it, it that's kind of like what these draft picks are. Um, so I, I think that, you know, they'd be, the Jets will be lucky to get anywhere anyone is as good as Adams. And, and with the odds of being 50% bust, it's, it's likely the Jets with these two first round picks, they get one good player who's not as good as Adams and one bust. And is that worth giving up Jamal Adams? I really don't think so. Well, you got to look at it from another perspective too. In addition to those two draft picks, you get the third rounder, which could turn into something as well. But 
I think you have to look at what you were talking about with Sam Darnold and his rookie deal. As you said, they were going to have to make a decision on whether or not to pay him soon. Once they do, it's going to become a lot harder for them to win because a lot of that money is going to be tied up in Darnold. If they had a lot of money tied up in Jamal Adams as well, now all of the sudden you're tying up, say, $18 million a year in a safety, and we've already seen that the Jets have gone 16-32 and 32, even with Adams. If you free up that money, now you have that money to spend on offensive talent that you can build around Darnold and you have these high level assets that you can use to try and get difference makers really at any position on the football field but specifically you'd want to use them to help build that offense but you don't necessarily even have to use those draft picks you know this Walter Bill Belichick does this all the time you can use them to move up and down the draft board let's say for example the Jets really love Penny Sewell And they finish with the 10th pick in the draft. And now they have Seattle's pick. All of a sudden, they might have the ammo to move up and get Penny Sewell. Or maybe there's somebody in the second round that they really love. Or there's a couple guys in the second round they really like. They trade down. They pick up extra picks. And now they start stockpiling. So I think the idea of getting cheap players who you can have for four or five years at a time, if you believe in your ability to draft is a very attractive prospect, and I think, yes, 50-50 is probably about right for those picks, but there are other things you can do with them. Like I said, use them as chess pieces, and on top of that, even if you say that it's 50-50, I think that you probably have a better chance at building a long-term winner taking that 50-50 shot rather than holding on to a great player who, as good as he is, isn't necessarily going to make your team that much better than it's going to result in a ton of wins. I love Jamal Adams, but he seems like the type of player to me that can put a team like Seattle over the top or help them reach a next level. But for a team like the Jets that has a couple of years to go before they're really in any position to even think about contending, it makes more sense to have this sort of long-term strategy where, again, it's not guaranteed, but at least you're giving yourself a chance by tying yourself to Jamal Adams for $18 million a year as opposed to getting these high-level assets and then maybe using some of that money on somebody like, say, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's going to be a free agent and who Sam Darnold has a connection with. I think there's certainly an argument to be made that that's a better way to go. And I'm not saying that they should have traded Jamal Adams just to trade him. If it was just, say, a first and a third, that's not enough. But to get that second first rounder, the amount of flexibility that gives you and the potential to work the cap in a way that Joe Douglas seems to be starting to move towards with all the short-term deals that he did in the offseason with free agency in 2020... I think that that's probably too good of an opportunity to turn down. I understand that Adams is the proven talent, no question. But I think that even if they get one really good player at a position that they desperately need and they have him under a cheap deal for four to five years, even if that other first round pick doesn't turn out to be that great, that might end up being the better result because of the opportunity cost and the allocation of assets. See, I think I would have gone the other way. I, I see what you're saying, uh, you know, kind of building toward the future. But I, I think with Darnold's big contract, it's going to be difficult to win in the future. I, I would have gone all in to to win now. Um, I, I would have I would have rather traded those first round picks um, for you know great players that I could win with right now, or or maybe uh, go hard after, uh, let's say like Jadamian Clowney. I mean, the Jets have uh, what like 21 million or so in cap space. Uh, they, they could have signed Clowney to to shore up their edge rush. Um, they could have uh, traded one of their first round picks for 
a great corner or maybe like a, a third round pick for a solid corner to really uh, to improve that area. And then you have the offensive line. Uh, I think you can tra- probably trade a, a second or third round pick for a, a, a decent offensive lineman. So I, th- I think that's what I would have done instead. Uh, I would, I would, I'd rather try to win now with Darnold's rookie contract than try to win in the future with these first round picks that never may pan out. Um, and I think you can win with Jamal Adams. I mean, Adams, as you said, he had a 16 and 32 record, but I, I don't look at it that way. It's not like Adams is a 16 and 32 player. They just had, they had bad quarterbacking. They had, they had Josh McCown, uh, Bryce Petty. Then they had Darnold in his rookie year. They had a sick Darnold last year for, for about half the season. And, um, you know, just the, uh, the other bad quarterbacks they've had in uh, whenever uh, Adams has been on the team. Uh, I, I think that, you know, if, if you really if, – if Darnold – progresses like the jets think he can uh and i and i think this trade really i i I think it really has to do with what they feel about um what they feel about darnold like if they're pretty bullish on darnold being able to win this year i think they should have traded uh picks to get players to win this year because you look at the afc east right now i mean the patriots uh even before these these uh opt-outs uh they they look pretty bleak i mean they they lost tom brady obviously and uh, and uh, their offensive line coach, Dante Skarnacki, is gone. Uh, they lost some other players, so they're, they're definitely going to decline. You, you have the Bills, but I, I feel like the Jets could compete with the Bills if Darnold takes the next step. So I, I think, you know, Belichick, Belichick is eventually going to turn things around, and he's going to gain regain control of the AFC East uh, in a few years, I, I feel like. So I, I think the Jets have this window now to win now, and I think they really had to do that. I understand where you're coming from. I think the difference between you and I is that Believe it or not, me being the Jets fan, I think that this roster is much further away than you seem to. I just think there are too many holes here. There's a lot of patchwork going on at edge rusher. They've got Jordan Jenkins, who's an okay player. He's a decent edge setter, but that's really all they've got. At corner, their best corner is Pierre Desir, who was injured and didn't really play well last year. They don't have anybody proven beyond that. And even Desir really only had one or one and a half good seasons as a corner. That offensive line, a lot of new faces, but it's a patchwork job. The only proven player on that line is Connor McGovern. Even Mekhi Becton, who I really like, is probably going to have bumps and bruises along the way as a rookie. That's only natural for any rookie, let alone one on the offensive line. And at wide receiver, you lose Robbie Anderson, your best wide receiver. You bring in Brashad Perriman. He had a couple of good games last year, but you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. Now you have Denzel Mims coming in, who's really talented. But remember, Walter, we're looking at a season where these guys are going to have a lot less time together. So it's going to be a lot harder for newer players to get on the same page with their new teammates. So I just think that in order for this to have gone in the direction that you're talking about, which would have been a fine direction if they were further along. They would have had to be further along roster-wise. I think Joe Douglas is looking at this thinking that it's going to take him another year or two to really be in position to do anything. It's not going to be able to be done overnight because it would just take too many moves. It would be impossible. By loading up with these assets, it makes it easier for him to do it over the next year or two. I think a lot of the blame for this has to go to Mike Cagnan because he's the one that left this roster in such rough shape. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I, I guess I'm more bullish on the Jets uh, than, than you are. Um, and I, I want to ask you this. So I mentioned Jadavian Clowney before, and he, he's still available. The Jets have the cast space to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you how would you feel before the Adams trade? If they, let's just say they still had Adams. Um, how would you feel about the Jets if they signed Clowney? Like they, they would have Clowney, Quentin Williams, 
and then and then Jenkins as a second pass rusher, and then you have two great safeties, and uh, if if Mosley and Williamson can stay healthy, two potentially uh, very good to great linebackers. Like, how would you feel about the Jets if they got a clowny? I think Clowney's pretty overrated as a pass rusher. I think he's an outstanding run defender. Brett Coleman from the film room said this once, and it stuck with me, and I think it's a perfect description of Jadavian Clowney. He said, as a run defender, he's Batman. As a pass rusher, he's Robin. And in pass coverage, he's Alfred. I think that's the perfect description (laughs) of Jadavian Clowney. So I wouldn't be against it because he's a good player and he's an outstanding run defender, but I don't think he would be the answer that they're looking for as a pass rusher. I don't think he's an elite-level pass rusher. That said, certainly better than anything that they have right now. It would really depend on how much money they were giving him. For instance, if ownership was willing to approve of Joe Douglas giving Jadavian Clowney a one-year $16 million deal— I'd be perfectly fine with that. It's not my money, and as long as it's not impacting the long-term cap or anything that Joe Douglas wants to do beyond 2020, that's fine with me. I think that the fact that they are reportedly cash-strapped is hamstringing a lot of those potential deals because we have heard about Logan Ryan and the Jets going back and forth, and it seems like his price is just a little bit more than they're willing to pay right now. I do wonder if Jamal Adams being out of the equation and Logan Ryan having a lot of those same skills in terms of rushing the passer from the defensive back position are going to make the Jets a little more eager to spend a few bucks on Logan Ryan. I guess we'll see, but I would be fine with Clowney if if they were able to come to some sort of short-term arrangement. Would I love the idea of giving Clowney some sort of massive long-term deal, a five-year, $100 million contract like Frank Clark or something like that? No, because I don't think he's a guy that's necessarily going to be a key piece to help them really contend over the long haul. But if they could get him now on, say, a one-year deal for a reasonable price, can't hurt. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I I don't want to sign Clowney to a long year deal. I mean, a long term deal. I mean, he's had he's had kind of like bouts with lethargy from time to time. Like he's an amazing talent, and I I think that I, I think that your your most or that comparison with uh, Batman Robin is mostly right about uh, him being a pass rusher. But I, I think when he's motivated, he can definitely be Batman as a pass rusher. It's just that he's not always motivated, and that's that's a problem. But I, when I when I signed when I said uh, signing Clowney, I, I meant like a one or a two year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that that would make a lot of sense. Like I, I don't think you want him around uh, when you sign Darnold to that long term contract. I, I think that would be uh, I think that would be bad. Uh, but you know if if you get a motivated Clowney on a one year deal or a two year deal. Um, I think that would help the defense out a lot, especially if, you know, if they, if they would have signed uh, Logan Ryan and then they had Jamal Adams and maybe they trade for a corner and they trade for a receiver. I think suddenly the Jets have a legitimate chance to, to make some noise in the playoffs. Um, I, you know, but I, I say this is someone uh, last year who, uh, who, first of all, bet the Jets to win the Super Bowl at 100 to 1. Ooh. And then, uh, and then well, it, was, it wasn't, a, it, luckily, it wasn't a huge bet, but I did, I did make that wager. Um, and then second, I bet, uh, well, th- this one hurt. I bet the Jets over seven and a half wins uh, for a pretty substantial bet. And, you know, they finished seven and nine with Arnold having missed four games with Mono. So I- I'd like to think that I was right, despite what my, uh, my sportsbook account says. Well, let me ask you this. Since you talked about predictions, with Jamal Adams now being gone and traded to the Seattle Seahawks, what do you think in terms of both the Jets and the Seahawks? How much does Adams help the Seahawks win total, and how much does he hurt the Jets win total? How many wins do you think both teams are looking at, roughly? 
I think this I think this was kind of devastating for the Jets. Uh, not only do they lose one of the best safeties in the NFL, I think it also hurts team morale a little bit because, you know, it, it, let's just say I'm a Jets player and coming into the season thinking, hey, you know, we have a quarterback in his third year. We have some new guys on the team. Uh, we have Jamal Adams and, you know, Mosley, like Quentin Williams, like some some big time talents. Uh, like, hey, maybe we can make some noise. The Patriots don't have Tom Brady anymore. Maybe we can win the division. And then I see Jamal Adams being traded for future draft picks. And I'm thinking, oh, man, could we win this year? Like, so it, it, I think it hurts them. Um, and also you have uh, Adam Gase still being around. Um, you know, I, I think that maybe they should have uh, gotten rid of Adam Gase instead of Jamal Adams. But that's 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 another topic. So I, th- I think the Jets who I, – I, and like I said, I was bullish on them before – I'm not so much now, and I, I think that they probably win. I would say I'd say the the, the most likely result is going five and eleven. Um, I think they could be you know, worst case scenario. They probably go three and thirteen. I think best case scenario maybe seven and nine. Uh, so I think they're definitely going to be. I think their their median results probably five wins. Um, but the Seahawks, I, I, you know, I talked about this before. I, I think they can get to the NFC Championship. I, mm-hmm. I I still think the Buccaneers are the best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Seahawks are are going to be right there. I mean, it's going to be very difficult to throw on them if Quentin Dunbar is is allowed to play. Um, they have Shaq Griffin. They have uh, Quandre Diggs, and now Jamal Adams. It's kind of the Legion of Boom Part Two. Um, their, their only weaknesses, I believe, are on the offensive line and defensive line, but they have some young players. Like They, they spent a first-round pick on LJ Collier last year, uh, second-round pick on Daryl Taylor this year uh, for their edge rush. So their edge rush could improve. Um, and then they, they spent a third-round pick on a guard, uh, Damian Lewis. So I, I think that they have a ton of potential. I think the Seahawks pro- – I think their most likely result is 11-5, and um, but I could see them going 12-4 and and, and making a deep uh, trip to the play- in the playoffs. I agree with everything you just said, more or less. I think that the Seahawks have a real chance to get to the NFC Championship game. Any team that has Russell Wilson is going to have that opportunity, but certainly Jamal Adams helps them. They'll be battling the 49ers for that division. I do think that Tampa is the best team in the conference, and I know a lot of people question the Tom Brady move to Tampa, but I think he was a lot better last year than a lot of people give him credit for, and you're going to see that in Tampa this year. I expect a big year from them, and the Jets, I agree, probably between five and seven wins. Would love to see more than that, but I just don't think it's in the cards. Last question for you, Walter. I wanted to get a quick preview of the upcoming draft. Now, obviously, there are a lot of questions with college football, and you can talk about that as well. We don't know exactly how this is going to go. As of now, we know that, for instance, the Big Ten is only going to play teams in their conference. That's if these games actually happen. Now, the stock of these players is going to be very weird because if the games don't happen or if they do happen but it's only interconference, it's going to be a lot harder to scout these guys. Who are some of the players, though, that you're looking at, at least right now on paper, that you think could be interesting for the Jets with that Seattle pick, figuring that the pick is probably going to be in that 20 to 32 range? So actually, well, before I get to some of those prospects, that was actually one final point I wanted to make on this trade. Uh, so, you know, with the first round picks, uh, the extra first round pick seems nice now. Uh, but I, I think this draft might be a little tricky if uh, mm-hmm. these teams don't play as many games or if you have players sitting out. Um, this draft could be very difficult to scout. Uh, so I, I think I think that's another issue that I, that I have with the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, obviously that, that could not be a fact. That, that, it could be a non-factor as well if everything goes according to plan. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking at um, 
I think we discussed last time that the the Jets could maybe get a corner in the in with their pick in the first round. Like we talked about, uh, Patrick Sertain uh, from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he'd be a good pick for where the Jets are. Um, in my mock draft, I'm releasing my mock draft update uh, tomorrow morning, and I have the Jets with the third pick taking Jamar Chase from uh, the receiver from LSU. Um, so I, I don't know if they're going to be drafting third or anything, but if if they are, I think they're definitely definitely going to look at at Chase. Uh, but with Seattle's pick, I, I, there should be some decent uh, corners uh, available late, like Josh Joby from Alabama. Um, I, I don't think Paulson Paulson Adipo will get there, but you know maybe if he if he has a kind of a down season, he could probably uh, slip there. Um, and there there's there's some offensive linemen, uh, Cade Mays, uh, a tackle from Tennessee. Um, there's some some other receivers. Uh, uh, Chris Olave uh, from Ohio State, uh, with some of the Alabama receivers, or you have a uh, Tamarian Terry, a receiver from Florida State. Um, so th- those are some of the receivers that you can get late in the first round. Uh, obviously, uh, the Jets can make a ton of moves. Uh, they could trade up, like you said, or trade trade back. Um, I, I like this draft class uh, coming up. Uh, it seems to be a lot of talent. Uh, but then again, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the college season. Going to be very interesting, but I will say this. If the Jets did somehow end up with Jamar Chase, boy, that would be really exciting. They haven't had an offensive talent like that at wide receiver in a really long time. I'm not going to count Brandon Marshall because he was only here for two years and it was toward the end of his run. But the Jets haven't had an electric wide receiver like that, really, even before Keyshawn Johnson. For as good as he was, I wouldn't even put him in that category. I think you'd probably have to go back to Al Toon and Wesley Walker would have been the last time that the Jets would have had somebody as dynamic as Jamar Chase at wide receiver. So if the Jets wound up with him and then a good offensive lineman or corner with that Seattle pick, that would be something that a lot of Jets fans will celebrate. But as you said, this is going to be a weird year and a weird draft. So a lot of things that we're going to have to wait and see on before we make any concrete determinations as to what the Jets can and will do in the 2021 draft. Walter Cherapinski, who is the owner and founder over at WalterFootball.com. Thank you so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. Looking forward to doing some stuff with you during the regular season. We were talking about this. You're going to come on once a week during the regular season and give a report where you're going to talk about fantasy picks, gambling odds, and of course, you're going to talk about stock up, stock down for college football for the 2020 season if college football happens, assuming that it does. So really excited because so many Jets fans love to hear about the draft year-round. Unfortunately, it's more or less all we've had to look forward to the last few years. <laughs> Let's hope that changes this offseason. But, Walter, what do you have going on right now at WalterFootball.com? So we, we have a ton of content. We have fantasy football rankings. Uh, they're they're going to be updated every day. Uh, we have disaster grades for some of the opt-outs, kind of like talking about how these teams will deal with uh, NFL players opting out, going on a case-by-case basis. We have season previews for every team that are going to be updated for the opt-outs, and I already updated uh, the Seahawks and Jets season previews for the Jamal Adams trade. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely be doing that as well. Um, 2021 NFL mock draft update, as I said uh, earlier. Uh, we also have 2022 and 2023 NFL mock drafts as well. So if you want to look toward the future, and as you said, the Jets, uh, Jets fans like to look at the draft. Uh, so you can look uh, a few years down the line to see uh, who the Jets draft in the 2023. One of my favorite features on your website, Walter, is the fact that you've got stuff laid out for the next couple of years so we can really start to get acquainted with the guys that a lot of the general managers and scouts are talking about as the top prospects for the next few years. So go ahead and check that out 
among the other great things over at WalterFootball.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.